0: This is Kate Swoboda, creator of yourcourageouslife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey everybody, it's Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous, and this episode is all about a 2020 recap, and I'm going to be talking about some of the things that were changes I made in 2020 that ended up being really good changes There are good things that could come out of 2020. And my hope is that by listening today, you'll get some ideas for things you might want to integrate into your own life. And I also will be talking today about the free Courageous Living Planner. Free. It's always been free. Um, I think this is my seventh year of having the planner out. Yeah, something, ooh, maybe eighth. I just had to open up a file on my computer and look 2013 was the first time we released a planner and this year we updated the visuals of it which I love because I feel like it's prettier and I just wanted the planner to be prettier. I've kept a lot of the components of the planner that I think are the most helpful components um particularly before you look at any kind of a planner and start looking at what's to come next do a little recap of what Has actually been going on in your year. So there's an exercise that I include every year called the Wheel of Life, where you look at categories such as your career, your relationships, your home, your money, and you look at all of those things and go, okay, how satisfied or fulfilled are you? And you get a little recap of how things are actually doing, how life is actually rolling for you, (laughs) and whether or not it's a bit of a bumpy ride. And you'll get instructions on how to do that if you get the Courageous Living Planner. And if you are not already a Your Courageous Life subscriber, that's how you get the planner. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin, become a subscriber. You will get access to an entire library of resources. And the Courageous Living Planner is just one of them. So, um, there are a lot of really great questions in the planner and, um, we're looking at how did you create any new habits? If your inner critic really wants to get you to just stop you in your tracks, it would most likely say what being aware of these sorts of things, acknowledging yourself for new habits or behaviors you created, being aware of what your critic says that gets you stuck. These are pivotal foundational pieces that go into the life that you want to create. And each month of the planner, there are invitations to really connect with a particular topic for each month. So in January, there's the topic, your most courageous self. And then in February, it's the topic of staying motivated And that's really intentional because January is often a month where people are going, here are the new things that I want to bring to my life. And then February is about the time when people start to have a little bit of trouble with staying motivated. So that's why there's a topical approach to each month. And there are questions to get you centered. What are you focusing on? What are things you want to shift in that particular area? So again, head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin to get the planner. And now I'm going to talk about some of the things that I actually shifted in 2020. I know, right? The hardest imaginable year. And I think 2021, my prediction is that 2021 is going to be really difficult for anyone who is holding an expectation around how the pandemic is going to unfold. And let me share a little bit about that. And it's something that I am offering as a sort of um, maybe like a caution, not a cautionary tale, but a a kind of, hey, just be aware of this going into 2021. Because my, my current prediction is that it will take a lot longer to get a vaccine and a treatment protocol for coronavirus than we are currently hoping for. And I hope I'm wrong you know i'm and i I'm, I'm okay with being wrong about this right <laughs> i hope i'm wrong but my current prediction is that it's going to take a lot longer for mass inoculation around this virus and what i think has been going on for a lot of people or at least this is my observation is that a lot of people are really clinging to the idea that if we can just make it through 2020 and get to 2021, we're going to get a vaccine, we're going to develop more treatment protocols, it's going to be good. I don't think that's going to happen just because the clock ticks over to 2021. And I think particularly looking at January and February and March when it's cold, these are going to be some really difficult times for people. So my encouragement is to right now decide to let go of an attachment to outcome or holding expectations about how this pandemic is going to unfold. And I, I have to tell you, I am the poster child for having expectations. I, I, I go pretty quickly into, in my life, oh, there's a thing that isn't quite working out the way I'd like it to. Let me set a vision for what it is that I want and then work towards that vision. And it is tricky terrain for me to be aware That just because I set a vision and worked towards that vision, that I don't also get hooked into some kind of expectation that it has to look that way or else I'm going to be really upset. I have to make a lot more room for, and if it doesn't go that way, here's what I do or here's where this goes or here's how this will unfold. And currently, what I am planning for is probably not widespread vaccine until the end Of 2021. So, the question I'm asking myself is how can I live the best possible life even if there is no vaccine? And that is a question I would like to invite all of you into. How can you live your best possible life? How can you live from the place of your most courageous self even if the current circumstances continue? This might be a question for you to journal on if no immediate answers are coming to you. This might be a question around which you need some support and possibly even someone to really hold some space for you as you have some feelings. And I'll tell you what came up for me in 2020 as the pandemic was unfolding around this question. I was noticing. So so it was like, okay, here's, here's how, how it kind of went. So March, middle of March, that's when San Francisco Bay Area, where I was living at the time, institutes the first shelter in place in the country. And in my mind at that point, it was just going to be two weeks of shelter in place. We were going to flatten the curve and we were going to be good. When it got to be mid-April, that's when I had for myself my my kind of come-to-Jesus moment where it really got to me like, oh, oh, oh okay, so this is going to be around for a while. This is going to be around for a while. And this was, for me, in the midst of... Um, packing up our California home, which we had already sold and closed on prior to when the pandemic hit. We had negotiated into the sale of our home, a 60 day lease back. It's what it's called from the people who bought our home to allow us to stay there until May. At the time we arranged it that way, just my husband and I thinking we wanted our daughter to finish her school year. And then we were going to move to Las Vegas, Nevada. We had a home that we had put earnest money down on in Vegas that was being built for us. And we had to be out of our house May 1st. And it was mid-May when this come to Jesus hits me and I'm going, okay, so this is going to be like a long time. And that is when my husband and I completely rearranged our plans we we had a financial hiccup when his job was temporarily furloughed we had to go to the builder and say i don't know that we're going to qualify for a mortgage on this anymore um if we had continued down that path we would have had to put like pretty much every dime from our savings account down on the new house we didn't we felt like that was way too much of a risk given the pandemic and then once his job was furloughed it was a question of are we going to have health insurance or, you know, we were getting health insurance through my husband's job. Of course we can buy it on the private market, but that's quite expensive. Um, and basically totally rerouted what we were doing, backed out of that house and on basically two weeks notice changed and said, we're going to go to the Austin, Texas area and check it out. And we still weren't even totally sure that that was going to be our plan because we, neither of us had ever been to Austin, Texas before. So all this was happening. Um, my business, I was seeing enrollment was way, way down. Of course, this is you know just three, four weeks into most places seeing a huge spike in numbers or what was a huge spike in numbers at the time. And it, there was a lot of fear. So in essence, I started to notice a bunch of really negative thoughts coming at me all the time. Oh my God, what is this going to do to our finances? Oh my God, what if we get sick? oh my God, what if, you know, like, and that was starting to happen. Now I practice what I preach. I really do. So when those things come up, I do exactly what I talk about in the courage habit. I sit down and I go, okay, let me listen without attaching to these stories that are coming to me because these are just stories. I don't know if I'll get coronavirus. I don't know if anyone I love will. I don't know if it's going to impact my finances. I don't know where the best place for us to live under these circumstances it, You know, would be. I don't know these things. I can't predict the future. So let me stay with with just right here, right now. What is the best movement for us to make in this moment, right here, right now, given the information we have, the desires we have, the yearnings we have. And then the other thing that I did, and I will invite you to do the same, is I decided that I wanted to make an audacious declaration for myself. So here we go, because I'd like to invite you into making an audacious declaration as well. And my my audacious declaration was, I am going to end this pandemic healthier, happier, richer, and stronger than I have ever been before. That was my declaration. And it still sounds audacious to me when I hear it, although it also, at this point, because I've said it to myself enough times, feels kind of exciting. I am going to end this pandemic healthier, happier, richer, and stronger than ever before. And richer, by the way, meant both money, which I have done a lot of work around deconstructing shame around the idea that money is bad, superficial, et cetera, and really embracing the idea that, yeah, I like being financially abundant, but richer is also a conception for me that's about having everything that I need and really seeing and really being in the fact that my needs are met, that I can trust that my needs will be met. So I did this despite the fact that I was afraid for my health. I was afraid for my happiness. I was afraid for my finances and I was afraid for my emotional and to some degree physical strength. <laughs> I say to some degree physical because, uh, long time podcast uh, listeners will know I'm an avid CrossFitter and I didn't want to lose my gains. <laughs> so, I mean, I was doing the ugly cry. I was feeling angry at a lack of leadership at the federal level. I was feeling all of the negative feelings. I just also went, I have this audacious declaration that I'm going to make, and I'm going to look for every single opportunity to go in that direction, every single opportunity. And so in that way, the first thing I'll say that was a great thing to come out of 2020 was that I really put my money where my mouth is, as the expression goes, and really doubled down on seeing challenges as opportunities. Challenges as opportunities. Coronavirus is a challenge, absolutely. And that is a highly reductive and very oversimplified statement. It is a challenge in every single way. And I don't think that we are ever going to feel quite as challenged as perhaps we did when this first hit. Because remember the early days of the pandemic, when this first hit, we didn't even know how airborne it was. We didn't know whether or not just simply being outside in the sunshine, 10 feet away from someone, was a risk factor. Now we understand that that's an extremely unlikely uh, point of contagion. But in the early days, we did not know these things. So this is an important thing to, for us to really look at, okay? Um, so seeing challenges as opportunities. What is your own audacious statement, your own audacious declaration? I mean, and because and when when I really Broke this down. I can see someone listening to this, or imagine someone listening to this and going, "Well, but Kate, come on, are you kidding me? Healthier, happier? Da, da, da. It, like, like, how are you going to guarantee any of that with, in a world that's so out of control?" Well, I was just looking at the factors that were within my control. I went, "Okay, healthier. Uh, let me get my hands on some vitamin C supplements because that's within my control." I didn't know at the time how much I could control coronavirus. I started wearing a mask pretty much immediately, far before it was ever a mandate anywhere. I remember going to the grocery store very shortly after the the shelter-in-place had been determined, and there was a rumor going around that someone had let me know about that, um, and they they said that they knew someone at a high level of government who had determined there was going to be a nationwide lockdown. And that didn't end up happening. But at the time, that was what I think was probably being discussed. And so somebody who knew someone had passed that along to me. And so I went to the grocery store and I just remember going into the grocery store and just not even seeing people walk at six feet distance and just having this feeling of like, I don't feel good about this. And I went out to the car and I pulled out my N95 mask, which I at the time was only keeping in my car because I was living in Sonoma County, California, which is plagued by wildfires. So, you know, been keeping N95 masks in my car for a few years in case there was an emergency evacuation. So I went out to my car, put on my mask, came back in, started grocery shopping. So what are the things that are in my control to feel healthier? getting plenty of sleep, not going on a sugar binge, um, getting exercise. So I was keeping up with CrossFit workouts, even from home, even though I didn't have equipment. And this is one of the things I love the most about CrossFit is that uh, the workouts are posted every single day at CrossFit.com. There's a lot of Metcon conditioning that you can find online. So I was doing push-ups and air squats and sit-ups and running and lunges and all kinds of stuff that you you know, you know don't need a barbell and plates for. You don't need a dumbbell, things like that. My gym um, at the time, CrossFit Sav up in Petaluma, California, started renting out equipment to people pretty uh, early on. I took advantage of that right away. So how can you see challenges as opportunities? If I want to be healthier, how can I look at that? I said richer, And I didn't have some idea that I was going to be the richest in all the land, you know, but it was immediately like, okay, I'm going to need to make some tough decisions right now about people on the team, how many hours I'm going to have to cap some things. There was a role that I was hiring for. And unfortunately I ended up before the person had started having to say, I'm very sorry, but you know, we can't proceed with this role. I have to be really conservative with finances right now. So those are the sorts of things that I started to do to kind of shore up my house of money, looking at places where, where are we spending? um, You know, maybe tonight's not the night for takeout, things like that. These are, these are sacrifices I was willing to make for in the short term for the ultimate vision of this audacious declaration. I will end up after this pandemic, healthier, happier, richer, and stronger than I've ever been before. Happier. I had to get ferocious about reframing limiting stories. I, ferocious, absolutely ferocious. And by ferocious, I mean like, no, not one of these stories is going to slip by unexamined. It doesn't mean that I didn't feel the negative feelings. I had the stories of fear. I would cry. I would feel frustrated. I would feel a sense of meh. When it was like, what are we even doing? What is even going on? As I was transitioning and adjusting to this new normal. And yeah, I was feeling all those things. But it was also as soon as the thought would come in of, well, we can't, we can't, we can't. It was like, okay, maybe not. Maybe I can't get on a plane right now. But I'm even going to reframe that. Technically, I could get on a plane right now. I'm choosing not to. I could get on a plane. That is an option that I have, but I am choosing not to. Why? Because I think it's not in the best interest of my health right now. So these were the different things that I was thinking and looking at at that time. How could I become healthier, happier, richer, and stronger? And where were the opportunities for that, even amid a challenge? And one of the things that excited me the most, and I hope it excites you to think of this, is that if you take a practice like that on, imagine where you'll be. Let's say you are listening to this right now. And for you, 2020 has been a wash and you're just like, F this, this sucks. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. And then you hear me talking about the pandemic is probably going to go into a substantial portion of 2021. And that feels really depressing. But what if you took this on? What if you decided Right now is when I go to Duolingo and I learn the language. Right now is when I go to Coursera or Masterclass and I learn a new skill. Right now is when I start working on the autobiography I always wanted to write. Right now is when I start sketching daily. Right now is when I see an opportunity to become a better parent than I've ever been before. Right now is my opportunity to get more comfortable with patience with uncertainty. Right now is when we work on our marriage. Right now is when I ask myself what means the most to me. Right now is when I cut the unnecessary spending. Where do you have choices? Because everybody has a choice somewhere that they could be making. Regardless of circumstances, everyone has a choice somewhere that they could be making. And I'm, I'm not speaking to, I, I'm not going into that place of like trying to throw glitter on poop and pretend that things aren't hard, cry the tears, scream into towels when you are just absolutely frustrated beyond belief that there is no leadership guiding us through this together, that in fact, all the leadership has been divisive look for the opportunities. What are your choices? And and somebody else might have more choices than you and somebody else might have fewer choices than you. That's not your concern right now. Your concern right now is what are your choices and what are the choices you want to start to make so that 2021 can be for you the healthiest, the happiest, the richest year of your life from which you emerge stronger than ever, how can you make 2021 that experience for yourself? So seeing challenges as opportunities. Here are a couple more positive things that came out of 2020 for me and that I plan to continue and carry with me into 2021. Um, Getting up earlier, that is not my favorite thing to do. I have been a lifelong, don't want to get up before, say, 7 a.m. kind of person. And back when school was in session and my daughter didn't have to be at school until 8.30, getting up at 7 a.m., that totally worked. She would get up at about, I'd get up at 7, she'd get up at 7.30, everybody's out the door by 8.30. My husband would go to his job. I would have the house to myself. Ah, bliss, introvert here. Love it. And I could do my work, which was, of course, all I really wanted to do, right? And then schools are closed, so I don't have the childcare anymore. Um, And now also, I'm needing to give my daughter some kind of instruction in some of the things that she's missing. Luckily for me, she was in kindergarten when the pandemic started. She's now in first grade. And like, what do you really need to know in kindergarten? You need to practice your letters and your numbers, some basic reading, some basic writing, some basic adding and subtracting. Thank God she didn't need me to work with her on trigonometry, right? That might've been a little tough for me. It's been a while since I uh, had some time in, in trig class. So, all right, we could do a little bit of that. But the harder part was that she uh, she's an only child. And so here we are, we're in the house I basically had to decide, okay, what's important to me? What's important to me is I need a little bit of alone time every single day or mama feels a bit crazy. So I started getting up at 5 a.m. Like within a week after the pandemic started, like really ramped up in the U.S., I started getting up at 5 a.m. to have that space between 5 and 7 just for myself to go slow, to have a cup of coffee, to read a book, to meditate I meditate every morning. And pretty shortly thereafter, I also made a a significant change to my schedule, or I should say I got more accountable about a change I had been intending to make for a while, which was not scheduling morning appointments. Now it's not that I never do it, but a couple years ago, I made a declaration to myself that I was not going to do morning appointments anymore. And to be honest with you, I was pretty inconsistent with that. Now since the pandemic started, it's like, okay, cool. I'm still getting up at five, five 30 in the morning. And then I don't have any appointments until like 11. So no more of these morning appointments. Mama really needs her time. <laughs> and I need a bit of a slower start in the morning. I needed more space. So I've get, become a lot better about sticking to that. So that's a positive change. So is that something for you? Are you a night owl? Do you need to carve out more time for yourself at night? Are you, can you become a morning person? Cause uh, let me tell you, that's the other thing is I had all these stories, stories, capital S stories, internal narratives. I'm not a morning person. Turns out I am a morning person. I just needed to make it a habit. And now I'm recording this at the end of 2020. I started this early morning getting up thing in March of 2020. And now it's just like my body clock just pops me up at five, five every morning. The Philips sunrise alarm clock, very helpful, much better than a blaring alarm clock sound. And then the other thing that I did in tw- starting in 2020, and this was something I committed to doing in January, 2020, back when really no one was thinking about the pandemic. Um, well, it wasn't really a pandemic yet. Um, was one week off a month from appointments. So here I am. I'm the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification. I'm an author. I get interviewed on podcasts. I coach people. I show up for virtual telesummits. I I got a lot of appointments. (laughs) We've got a 10 person team of facilitators for CLCC. We've got, I've got admin people on my team who I work with to get content out onto the website and run various aspects of my business. And all the appointments were just, ah, it's too many appointments. So one week a month, no appointments. And I've gotten much better about that as well as the year has gone on. Next thing social media good things to come out of 2020 social media so a couple things that feel relevant for me and if you have been thinking about your relationship to social media and it hasn't always felt very good um maybe this will be helpful to you so first of all i have really pushed it myself in 2020 to be more visible on social media and if you're thinking to yourself, what do you mean, Kate? You are very visible. I mean my face. I'm an introvert and I just tend to feel awkward about actually being on camera. I can, I can, I can totally sit here and <laughs> talk on the podcast. I will be interviewed for someone else's podcast. I will write and type being on video a little more uncomfortable for me. So I've really been pushing to that edge on social media and I'm I'm ending the year feeling proud of how I've pushed to that edge. Speaking of social media, speaking up and out even more. And if you've hung around my work for quite some time, you know that it's been. It, I, I can get a little soapboxy about matters of justice and the need for social change, and I have really brought that in even more in 2020. And I have a post it note that I put on my computer in 2020 that says, Your fear of doing it wrong cannot eclipse the need to do what's right. Your fear of doing it wrong cannot eclipse the need to do what's right. Because that was, if there was ever a time where I was hesitant to speak up about issues on social media, it was a fear of doing it wrong that would come up. So I've really confronted that fear by speaking up and out even more. But alongside that, I have also arrived at a decision. And that decision is that I do not do cancel culture. And that has been a decision I've really needed to look at for myself. Because where were the places where sometimes when I was angry about a social issue, and very self-righteous and this needs to change. And I'm, I'm afraid of it not changing. And I'm frustrated with the people who are perpetuating the abuses that we see at a social level and just feeling this kind of like a cancel culture energy of like F you, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And it really came to me, cancel culture. I don't think works. I don't think it works. Now, I'm not talking about spending in alignment with your values. I'm not talking about speaking up and saying to an organization or a system or an individual, this was wrong. You need to look at this. So I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking about not having boundaries. If an organization, a system, or an individual is made aware of their behavior, is unwilling to look at it, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't say, okay, I, I need to not be in this space because this organization system or individual is not willing to look at this behavior, not willing to take in feedback, not willing to change. I might decide to step away from that space. Cancel culture, however, has more of a fu takedown energy to it, and I'm not into that. It's a conscious decision. I'm not doing that anymore. It. I think it is dehumanizing to go onto social media and do this thing of like, F you if you believe this, or if you support this person, you know, F you, you're stupid, calling names, raising voices, things like that. I, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing cancel culture. Other people can do it if they want to. I'm not doing it. The reason I'm not doing it is because I think it's fear-based and because this statement, your fear of doing it wrong cannot eclipse the need to do what's right. As I examined my fear of doing it wrong, it all came back to cancel culture. It all came back to I'm afraid of doing it wrong and that despite my best efforts, if I were to do it wrong, I could get canceled. And that's a system where no one wins. I want to call people in, I want to educate. I want to be conscious about where and how I call people in and where and how I educate. I'm not saying that I would go from cancel culture to completely the opposite end of the spectrum and I'll just totally sit around emotionally laboring for anybody who wants to or putting up with anything that comes my way. No, this is maturity. This is boundaries. And I don't think cancel culture is mature. I don't think it's boundaried. I don't think it's courageous and so i'm not participating in it and by that i mean takedowns trying to shout scream name call you know be be super condescending eye rolling all of that so that was a huge realization that i had that that fear of cancel culture was one of the things that was keeping me from speaking up as much as i wanted to and i found that once i could reconcile the two Once I could see that it was that fear of cancel culture that I had participated in, frankly, that was behind me not speaking out as much, then it became easier to speak up and out. Because then I could say to myself, Well, how am I choosing to try to educate people about this issue? Am I getting up on a soapbox and screaming and telling people that if they don't agree with me, they suck and they're wrong and they deserve to be fired and they shouldn't have anyone ever speak to them again and F you and cursing at them and like, no, I don't have to do that. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm aligned with my integrity. So I'm okay. I can go ahead and say, this is wrong. I just had someone... Last week, who I've known for quite some time, and he wrote this very philosophical point of view about not voting because the system is rigged and all of this. And I I very directly said, this feels to me like a too-cool-for-school kind of thing. You know, people's lives are at stake here. My life could be affected by this next election A lot of people I love could be affected by this next election. This whole, like, I'm too cool to vote because the system has failures uh, within it. I I don't agree with that. I don't respect that. And I'm asking you to look at this. This does not... I, I could say that. I could be really direct. And maybe this person is super offended by it. And that's for them to work out. But I know that I was respectful in terms of my delivery. That I was saying... Here's the problem that I see with what you present. And then they get to do what they want with that. As opposed to, F you if you don't vote. You're part of the problem. You're this horrible person. I'm not doing that. Not doing it. Because I'm not interested in perpetuating behaviors that only perpetuate more fear. And I really do believe that the fear of doing it wrong cannot eclipse the need to do what's right And what is right is to speak out and up more, up and out, out and up more. So for as difficult as 2020 has been, my hope is that you have some things to celebrate as well. My hope is that you use this as an opportunity, these challenges as an opportunity to really ask yourself, who am I? What do I want my life to be about? There's another podcast episode in the Your Courageous Life Archive you might be interested in listening to. It's about how this is what we trained for. You know, we're not doing all this self-help stuff, the meditation and the trying to be more compassionate or look at ways to be more efficient and effective in our lives. We're not doing that for like the average Tuesday when life is just peachy. This is what we're training for. This is why you've invested that money in the books or in the coaches or in the workshops. Right now is when you want to see that work paying off. So really see this as an opportunity. This time of a pandemic can be, and you are the one who gets to choose, the worst time of your life with no redeeming qualities whatsoever, or it can be the hardest season of your life but you learned a lot from it. Note I did not say, oh, it's just great and we're cool and it's fine. And say that. I said the hardest season, yeah, of your life, but you learned a lot from it. And if you take that on as your audacious declaration, I think you're gonna be really, really happy with what the coming 12 months can bring. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox. And who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get The Courage Habit at your local bookseller on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.